electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Tuesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber at Post 9 of the New York Stock Exchange. Down Nasdaq gunning for nine straight gains, even as some Fed officials push back on the notion of multiple rate cuts next year. Housing starts six-month high today. FedEx earnings tonight. Our roadmap begins with records watch. S&P set to open about a percent below its record close. And as we said, the Dow and the Nasdaq riding some eight-day wins. Plus, we're keeping an eye on those Red Sea risks, given they, uh, the increasing attacks on commercial ships, which are up a vital global card. And how about that corporate cyber challenge? We're not talking about a race here. We're talking about companies such as VF Corp and even Comcast Xfinity, for example, saying they have seen significant hacking that is disrupting uh, parts of business, certainly in the case of VF. Let's begin with the markets this morning. A lot of push and pull here, uh, Jim. Uh, The Fed pivot, of course, is, uh, has filled the tank, but that over-positioning now, uh, the idea that maybe we are severely overbought? Well, at least on the S&P oscillator I follow, it's still been plus five for ages. Uh, we are in that position where that's a very bullish thing, which is that we can't seem to give up the ghost. Uh, that said, when I looked at a lot of the charts that people call in on for mad money, almost every single one was at a high. And I was quite reluctant. I mean, David, when you have, you know, power block move over and over and over for companies that are just OK, it makes you concerned that what's going to take them further? Uh, animal spirits, a, a revaluation based on multiple expansion. We don't like that. I guess we don't. But do you feel like it's moved into the realm of bubble territory in any way? I mean, no. It's not reminiscent yet of what we saw in 21. Right? No, not at all. It, the, the companies that are going up are good companies, uh, tend to be Russell companies that have been left behind. But you're questioning what, the valuation at this point, well, given the growth rate? Yeah, I'm just questioning. No, I, I, let, me, let me be more specific. Okay. When I see it, I say, maybe you ought to wait to a 5 to 8% pullback because it seems unsustainable to me. And that, um, that logic, Carl, is not welcome among the people who own these stocks. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe they're uh, pointing to the almost $6 trillion in money markets. Right. Uh, and this idea that households are not going to sit back and watch stocks rally uh, without making... FOMO is going to take place. Yes, and when you look at the companies that are being bought, I mean, they're all good companies, and they've all been left behind. Uh, but what I, I worry about is, let's say you come in in 2024, and David, you haven't taken profits because you know you, you didn't want to pay taxes. Well, as soon as we get to 2024, maybe that's when these people say, okay, look, I know there's FOMO. But I also would like to take something off the table. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not all craziness. 
I think there are people who say, I have a good, good win. I'm going to take something. And it is not as though there are not still risks out there. Thank that you. Would potentially result in stock prices going down, even though it feels like it's been a little while since we saw that. We, ha- we have a very big issuance of 10-year paper in the first quarter. We do. Uh, we all seem to think that the only thing that matters is the Fed. And then we get gobsmacked by a lot of treasuries that I don't know where we're going to put them. Treasuries. Don't forget, there's still geopolitical risk. Certainly hurricane downgraded to tropical storm Jamie Dimon would tell you about that. But it is still significant. The Red Sea stuff, for example, that we've been talking about is a small example. But things can things can change quickly in this world, as right, you know. Right. And it's an election year. When I look at what different agencies are saying, I don't get any comfort that President Biden has changed his view. I think he could say, wait a second, they had the run of the joint. Let's figure out how to get some of that money in the hands of people who don't make a lot. I don't think that's too far-fetched. There was a chart out of B of A today looking at the personal interest payments as a percentage of disposable personal income. And that's getting back to some highs that we last saw in 08. Now, uh, the take is that they are done uh, buying sort of discretionary apparel footwear, and that's leaning them into appliances and things like that. But here it is. Uh, Look at... uh, you know, a bigger chunk of your of your DPI is going to interest. Yeah, David, there's a way to deal with that. If we have 58% of people owning stock, let's just cash some stock in. I don't think that's unusual. I, I think that it's unusual to have us and you know any sort of individual say, "Hey, that, know, that's but, the top." But, but to Carl's point, there is an awful lot of money in money markets, and while there are plenty of people who come on here and say the bulk of it is still going to go into fixed income given an almost 4% tenure that probably is only going down in yield over the course of the year. A lot of it's going to end up in the stock market as well, particularly if rates do head lower, Jim. Isn't that a, a distinct possibility? So while you may say sell, there may be a lot of buying power behind that. There, oh, there very well could be. I, I just think that, how about this? I'm used to the idea that if you have a move that has been straight up for seven weeks, it might not be a bad idea to say, you know what, I don't want to give that back. And now maybe that's gotten out of fashion, but maybe it never goes out of fashion. And these people are all saying, hey, someone's going to take me out at a higher price. I don't like that. I have a, a lecture I give. Today's a club meeting. And I say that I don't want to rely on people saying, you know what, I'm not getting out because more money's coming in. I want to rely on price to earnings ratios. That has become, and I say this, at the top of my talk, that's become out of fashion. Well, I mean, old school Kramer had a rule that a 20% gain gave you the right to ring the register if you wanted. I'm doing that for the club. You I are. mean, well, let's put it this way. Let's say Broadcom. Broadcom just had a 20% gain in two weeks. Well, I don't know. I, I'm taking a little off. 20% gain in two weeks? Y- yeah. Wow, I did not notice that. But, you know, David, in traditional money management, yeah. That's regarded as being something that's in excess. Now, uh, I know right, that yeah. there are other people, maybe even Hawk Tam wants to keep buying it. I, I'm happy oh with the game. I'm very happy. No, you're right. I mean, I, yeah, this is a $535 billion market right. cap company. And it has some AI. It's and one it's of the got, biggest companies now in the, yeah, it's but maybe 12 probably. I, I recognize that I am in the vast minority of people who say, 
you know what, let's take something off the table. But I'm not going to change my philosophy just because there's money on the sidelines, because I've seen that money grow at times. I mean, maybe the 58% isn't even as high, given the fact that you could get 5%. So you know what? So it makes a little bit more without me. What's the matter with that? I mean, like, do I have to call the top? Do I have to be in there at the exact top? That is a perfect example of what you're talking about. A great company, just completed the VMware deal, soared 20% in a month, and you're just, I get it. You're saying, all right, maybe take a break. When when does it happen? Only when we've come into a new year red hot. And suddenly there were people who said, you know what, I'm... Yeah, I, but momentum, you forget. Remember, I mean, momentum FOMO can be goes a long way. Yes, but I don't want to bow to FOMO because FOMO is multiple expansion. I want earnings to be higher. I would have liked their Broadcom had raised numbers, but they haven't. It's just well, higher. Interestingly, on a related note, the Goldman desk was trying to figure out why is NVIDIA down one and a half this morning. They, they, they had no answers other than maybe there's some resistance to a five handle. Well, I think there's two things. One is people think that AMD as a competitor uh, is better, but AMD does not have the software learning component. They would tell you that. And the other thing is, despite what Gene Raimondo said, people feel that there is a, an antipathy toward NVIDIA in our government because they do make dumbed down chips that for China. Uh, I think that any minute now people say that commerce will revise it. Commerce said they wouldn't. I don't think commerce is capricious, but that's what people are well, worried about. Well, you know, the Sox is up 63% right. year to date. But it sells yeah. at 25 earnings. Right. Well, you were talking about Micron yesterday, which again has had a very good day, a very good year actually as well, despite a lot of ups and downs. We can right. remember some not particularly great responses to earnings, but no. Micron shares, you can see it right there. I mean, does, does that uh, fit with that's the, the, that's the, the... Micron is very similar, almost exactly right. the same, well, my, 63%. My, okay, so, again, I want to point out that there are times in my career where I don't want to participate that much and willing to take something off the table because I am concerned that I'm making too much money and the multiples are too high. Now, that makes me look foolish, okay? Maybe the people in the investment club will say, what a fool. He just took gigantic profits. That has never defined a fool in my career. Right. Making money is never defined for right. being a fool. Well, that stupid Kramer, he just took a gigantic gain. What a bozo. <laughs> uh, that, that tends not to be in, in anybody's lexicon. I mean, what, what would Icon say about selling Netflix for a huge gain, but prior to an even bigger run? Or what? Apple. Or uh, Apple. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, those, if he'd held on to both of those, he'd be one of the richest guys in the world, basically. Well, okay. I mean, if Warren Buffett were selling some Apple... No, I, you know, Apple and NVIDIA are two, the two stocks I say, own them, don't trade them. Everything else, I would think I sold some Alphabet. I sold some Alphabet because I'm worried about some of these antitrust cases, not this one, but also because Google Cloud faltered. And if it falters again, people are going to give up on Alphabet. But I also I got a huge cameo, like my basis on Alphabet is so low but David, I look at it and say, what a crime that would be if I gave back that, uh, that big gain. Now, all of this seems so counterintuitive, except for it's been correct since 1979 <laughs> when I first got in. 1979. I didn't go to college to get poor. No. 
So you were around. You were around for that Home Depot IPO in 86. Um, you, were, you were giving <laughs> stock tips to your dorm mates. <laughs> yes, I was. Look, and I, Microsoft's IPO. I, yeah, you, yeah well, I brought that into Goldman. Not that, they, you know, not that they rewarded me. Not that there's any plaque in that, in that desert for me. They yelled at me because I poached. I wasn't supposed to go out west. I got crushed for bringing in the single biggest piece of business they ever had. And I was mortified, and I had to give it back, and I had to pay for my transit to... to really? Yeah. That was the reward you got yeah, and for not, overstepping? Yeah. I thought it was all team there. Team, team. David, there's an I in team. <laughs> and that's why I laughed. <laughs> When we come back this morning, uh, some signs of uh, tough times ahead for the office market going into 2024. We'll talk about some commercial real estate. Take a look at the pre-market here. We are hanging on, uh, going for not just nine straight days down NAS, but also eight straight weeks up for the S&P. We'll get to Adobe, Amgen, Pfizer, Pepsi, Chewy in a minute. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Are you a software professional looking to make a lasting impact on people and the planet? At General Motors, our vision is a world with zero crashes, zero emissions, and zero congestion. And we need innovative people like you to join us on this journey and challenge the limits of what is possible. From autonomous cars to software-defined vehicles, you'll translate breakthrough technologies like AI into experiences that people love, all while pushing the world forward toward an all-electric future. See how you can shape the future of mobility at careers.gm.com. Cybersecurity is in the spotlight this morning. Our parent Comcast's Xfinity disclosing it discovered suspicious activity during a routine cybersecurity exercise on October 25th and says it has notified federal law enforcement and started an investigation. Company adds the data breach was due to a Citrix software vulnerability and that the software-related risk has been resolved. Last night on Mad Money, the CEO of Palo Alto Networks told Jim sees more activity ahead. It has been a phenomenal year for cybersecurity stocks, and I think it's just beginning. I think we're going to see more and more of this activity come 2024. I think you'll see more 8Ks filed. You'll see more and more conversation around it. And like I said, it's still the most profitable business with least amount of convictions in the world. So we haven't done anything to significantly impact the bad actors and try to fix this problem. We just have to make sure we're safer and more secure in each of our companies. Look, here's what Nikesh is seeing right now. He, he's seeing something that I can't believe. I'm going to just give you an anecdote. He says that if you don't notify the SEC in four days, the bad guys notify the SEC. They call the SEC and say, listen, we did this. And these guys, you got to know that they're not telling the truth. He said, that's how confident they are. And then something that was real uh, also, unless you have a big database like he has for AI, you can't spot the change. And then here's what's most frightening. A lot of these are to build a profile on you. If they find you everywhere, they find your passports, they find your kids, they find where you were born, they find your mother's maiden name, and then they know that you are 
exactly the person that they think. And, and then they have you they wire. Let me wire me two thousand seven hundred twenty-eight dollars. Not to mention what AI, as it continues to advance, and generative AI is going to be able to accomplish. Yeah. Um, and and do on a regular basis. Um, there, I think we should define. Uh, or at least make a distinction between uh, the, for example, the Xfinity uh, breach, where you're talking about personal information. We've all gotten these letters at this point. Oh, I mean, you get them all the time now. Your, your personal information may have been breached. As opposed to what we're seeing more often now, or uh, as well though, Jim, is breaches that actually affect the operations of companies. Right. We talked about this yesterday with VF, where they're having trouble filling orders. I'll take you back to DISH in February where uh, attackers extracted certain data from its IT systems that basically said, you know, customers couldn't pay bills or access accounts. Um, you had the Clorox situation in August where their fiscal first, you know, their net sales decreased by 23 to 28% because they basically had huge order processing delays, right. again, because of a hack. MGM, where they couldn't, they had to go to literally writing things down in terms of getting people into their rooms and making reservations and doing everything else. So, uh, and then obviously even SD Lauder as well. So right. again, operational, where you've got the hackers coming in and saying, oh, we're gonna tie up your IT systems, we're gonna, unless you pay us, right? unless you give us ransom. Well, but, but the guess is said is that if you have a database, as he has, he's the world's largest database of what hits companies, then you can spot real time what someone's doing that is not right, but that you have to install that software and you have to bring, yes, of course, it's self-serving, Palo Alto in, and he says, this won't happen. It will not happen. Uh, but he says that there are plenty of outfits that think, hey, you know what? We don't have to worry because we're not really vulnerable, but they are. Is this your favorite name in cyber? By far. And second, second would be CrowdStrike. I think they do a very good job. But Nikesh has the largest base of information of what would indicate what's normal. So therefore, you can immediately flash what's not, call the company, and catch it up. It has to be instant. It has to be that second, or else it's too late. Yeah, it does make you worry a bit about what's in store for us uh, next year and the year after that and after that. Yeah. They're not standing still. You just have to hope that they are more interested in David's information than mine. David, well, David's a hyper consumer. David, so. you don't oh, have yeah. to, you don't have to outrace the bear. I just got outrace you. <laughs> <laughs> when we come back, Kramer's mad dash countdown to the opening bell. One last look at futures here on this Tuesday. More squawk on the street when we come back. Are you a software professional looking to make a lasting impact on people and the planet? At General Motors, our vision is a world with zero crashes, zero emissions, and zero congestion. And we need innovative people like you to join us on this journey and challenge the limits of what is possible. From autonomous cars to software-defined vehicles, you'll translate breakthrough technologies like AI into experiences that people love, all while pushing the world forward toward an all-electric future. See how you can shape the future of mobility at careers.gm.com. Welcome back. Let's get to a, a mad dash. Of course, we've got an opening bell. Uh, what have we got? Seven and a half minutes from now. Little Nike. Right. Now, Nike, Nike reports on Thursday, 1221. Now, this is what's interesting. Today, we have Cowan and Jeffrey saying it's goodbye. Now, I come in and say, this is very typical of what I was saying at the top of the show. This is where I would have loved to get the buy call. Now, it's absolutely possible that this stock can go to here. 
But I wanted this, all right? And I think that the easy money has been made in Nike. That doesn't mean it won't be great. That doesn't mean you won't get some. But it does mean that you're playing with fire because you are betting that everybody else has been wrong. And yet, we know that they've all been wrong. So I am concerned that this is one of those where it can go up five. And then what? Then what's the next catalyst? They don't well, report well, the again. Next, well, the next catalyst will be earnings, as you just pointed well, out. I mean, the, potentially the, one way or the other. Right. Do you have an it, expectation going in? I China think China will be good. Prominently? China will be good. You think so? I think the U.S. will be good, judging by what Foot Locker says. I think it's a great hedge fund trade. But is it a trade for an individual? I would have liked that individual gotten lower and therefore not be as concerned. Right. But what a hedge fund trade. Right. Get long it, flip it. Although that said, there was this downdraft. What was this a result of, Jim? Do well, that was U.S. not being so good, worries about China, worries about, about Foot Locker. Uh, there was also, David, a, a sense that, remember when we felt that the government in China was not going to like Nike? That was untrue. The government likes Nike. But I just find that when I see stocks like this, I say to myself, I put on my old hedge fund and say, sorry, you missed it. Right. But the hedge funds want to catch the 128. They'll probably get it. But do I want an individual to do that while they're working? They're doing a job. Kramer today. I just don't. Put on that cool suit and you just got all like. I don't want to hurt people. All right. All right, that's a nice that's a nice mantra. We don't want to hurt people. We got five minutes before we get started with trading here at the New York Stock Exchange. Don't forget, you can catch us anytime and anywhere if you want to by listening to and following the Squawk on the Street opening bell podcast. Well, let's take a look at shares of uh, Johnson and Johnson spinoff Kenview. Remember, of course, uh, this was a big event during the course of this year initially, and then they sold a lot of the rest of most of the, what they own the, of the rest of it. And you can see it is going to be up sharply. And that's a distinct difference from many of the days the stock oh, has I had know. since I it was uh, thrust into the public markets. The reason why is uh, litigation related. Um, U.S. District uh, Court Judge Denise Cody uh, releasing an opinion last night uh, in which the, we're talking about the multi-district product liability litigation related to the causal linkage between acetaminophen uh, usage among prenatal moms and autism and HDHD in children, in which Kenview is a defendant. In the opinion, uh, the judge determined the defendant's motions to preclude the testimony of the plaintiff's general causation experts are granted, meaning can't use them. And uh, when noted with these rulings, the plaintiffs do not have admissible evidence to demonstrate that prenatal exposure to acetaminophen causes either autism or ADHD in offspring. Um, so while it's possible the litigation will advance, Jim, in local courts, given those same standards, from what I'm reading here and others who have, uh, who have, who've analyzed this, the litigation doesn't have a lot of legs at this Stunning point. rebuke of the plaintiff's bar. Stunning. Because they, they have all, this, they have all these, these experts that are ready to talk. They're saying the experts ain't no experts. Now, this is what J&J is hoping for when it comes to TAP litigation. They have a number of uh, investigations of the people, of the plaintiff's lawyers. But it has not happened, in part because I think that the uh, women who have died or are dying of ovarian cancer 
two different things and completely different oh, companies. Yeah. Two different companies at this point. Yeah, very different. I only mention it because J&J yep. &J is hoping for that. You know, it's another firmware that is that, well, whatever. Let's get the opening bell here. You see Marshawn Lynch at the big board, the NFL legend, and some athletes from South Shore High School in Brooklyn, New York. A lot of references to beast mode around here this morning. At the NASDAQ IDEX Laboratories, a pet healthcare company, Jim. Oh, that had been such a strong stock for so long. Then they had a change at the top. It became Zoetis has been the king. Uh, it is still a, uh, the humanization of pets theory hasn't gone away, but it is no longer what it was during COVID. Uh, IDEX has had a nice move here, but I, I do point out that there was a time when pets had gotten from the garage to your floor, to your bed. I think they're back in your floor. Look out, garage. Yeah. Uh, today, Jeffries <laughs> initiates Chewy buy, though. You've lost, you know, I, I had you've lost Chewy some love on. for the pet business? Well, I had Chewy on, and I decided that I thought that Amazon had really come after them. Uh, but they made a very good case that they had health care, including telehealth. And this is one of those where I'd eat some crow because I was saying, OK, so the dog, what, the dog barks the number, the dog hits the number, the doctor sees it. No, idiot. The Parent looks at it. I call him parent because that's how he feels. Sure. Uh, and it's working. So telehealth working for telehealth work for you? For the pets. Did telehealth work for me? No, we, we still took the pet to the Oh you did. Bed. Yeah. All right. Once you get the dog on the bed, they never leave the bed. Come on, they're never going anywhere. I'm talking the, about. I kicked the darn dog off the bed. Really? Yeah, the dog's name is Palo. 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 As in Palo Alto. You betcha. Well, right now he answers your the dog's Palo so many with the raw steak in his hand, in my hand. Man, he's all power. Your dogs must have an identity. Otherwise, crisis. he's Wolfie. Change their names all the time. He's Wolfie, which of course is the key dog in Terminator 2. Wolfie. Remember, it wasn't really Wolfie. No, I don't remember that. Do you remember them? Is it Joe Morton's dog? Whose well, dog was it? I remember it was like Arnold was trying to figure out whether the parents had been captured by the bad guy. And he was like asking how Wolfie is, but Wolfie wasn't the oh, name. Oh, that's right. Said, that's oh, right. Wolfie's doing fine. Very nice. And then bingo. Well, that's how Wolfie's not the real name of this dog. It's Tony, like in Ragatoni. Your dogs have no idea what their names are. They don't answer to anything. All right. Tony doesn't answer to anything. Tony bites me, and he tried to bite me in a really sensitive area, and I've had it. Let's move on to a firm. Shall we? Because um, in a really sensitive area. I heard and I you. Had <laughs> Holy cow, man! Now I'm sorry I have to, to wear, hear that. Now Jim. I have to wear a cup. I'm <laughs> sorry to hear that. Uh, you saw our firm shares there. We'll show them to you again while you digest the. Oh the, my! Uh, yeah, the the uh, the, the image that's there. now seared into of your brain. Poor Jim being yes. attacked by his dog. Um, our firm shares are up. And they've been up an awful lot lately, and they continue that ascent because now they're going to let you use a firm at self-pay at Walmart. You're going to do a pay now, a buy now, pay later. It doesn't. At, uh, pay now, buy later. Max buy now, pay later at, um, uh, at Walmart's, uh, again, 4,500 Walmart stores where they have self-checkout kiosks. 
There you go. It's all Max, it takes to get stock up 8%. Max Levchin did not have the defaults that people thought he would. This is the real one. This is the real one. And Max is so transparent. I mean, Carl, now this is a parabolic move, obviously, and you might get a better chance. Because the stock, now this is something that I, I get uncomfortable with. Stock's up 390%. You know, that starts thinking to me that it's had a run. But it's got at least some news to justify taking it hard. Uh, yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a lot of penetration into the American consumer. Right. With this Walmart checkout. People won't buy now. You know, this is before Klarna, which is buy out, pay later. And, yeah, there we go. Well, I'm the, t- I'm the ninth man, I guess, in this one. I do think that a firm, unlike Upstart, which has some bad loans, at least can justify the move because it has been a terrific buy right. now, pay later creator. Well, it has had, as you see at the top left there, quite a move this year. Got to be amongst the best performers People of the year, do- up some almost 400%. People do pay later. Do they do? They have paid they, later. They buy the now, but do they pay the later? They pay later. Yeah. I mean, I thought they'd buy now and say seal it. Right. Nope. They're paying. Speaking of big moves, um, the only Dow name that's up more over three months than Nike uh, is Boeing, uh, as they now get a order from Lufthansa, Jim, uh, for up to 100 Max jets. That's going to be the biggest order single aisle from Lufthansa in almost 30 years. Well, they've cleared the inventory which is fantastic for them. Now they can start making, say, 30 new planes a month. The margin is going to be very high. And this stock goes to 300 pretty much in a heartbeat. And it will not be parabolic. All will be as back to where it was. This was a $170 stock around Halloween, up almost 50% since then. Well, I mean, they they had major problems, and they solved them. When you solve a supply chain problem, you know what Boeing really has going for it? Look at that. There's only two companies, Airbus and Boeing, and Airbus is sold through. So is David shaming, has that been neutralized? Did you have to bring it up? (laughs) I was thinking this is the only time I I haven't heard him mention Boeing without blaming me. I would say this is the worst sale that I've made for the club. Uh, I could could talk about it at our 12 o'clock meeting. I could wear a hair suit, but it happens to be uh, not everybody watches it. But I could, David, I could, you know what, I could hang myself. Don't but that. we don't want to joke about suicide. Don't do that. Um, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry that day that I gave you a hard time and that you listened. You shouldn't have. I did. Yeah. And I, uh, I regret it. Yeah. But you made a cogent argument against me. And my, the people who follow the club are most grateful that they got out before a double. <laughs> I just said, if you've been so negative for so many years, why do you still own the stock? That's all I said. Because it's not like you had been particularly constructive on Boeing. You should have sold it years earlier. I should have been buying. That's okay. I mean, there's two sides to every market, and some, sometimes I get it wrong. I got this one wrong, and it wasn't David's fault. I got worn down by the mistakes that they were making. And that's what really happened. There's nothing to do with you. I mean, no, you I... just kept, kept pointing out the Look, the mistakes were legion. And then they kind of had a turn. Right. And I wish I'd gotten back in, but that was, that's investing. Yeah. You know, here's a key issue that you don't, here's something that you don't hear on TV. I screwed up. 
Uh, it's been a straight lineup uh, since uh, since the end of October. Speaking of uh, transports, Jim, I uh, wonder what you make of this journal story about EV startups, some 18 of them that the journal argues will be in a cash crunch by the end of 24. Nicola and Fisker get mentioned. Um, I think that Rivian is the one that comes through. When we first started talking about these, we knew that there would be a limited number to get through, and some people thought Fisker would and do it. And many of the companies that are mentioned went public through SPAC. It was that famous summer of, that summer of 21, or spring, summer 21, where we talked about it all the time and those absurd projections that would come along with them because they were allowed to make projections because uh, it was a SPAC filing, right. not a, an IPO filing, so to speak, or a SPAC deal, I should say, a merger deal. Um, many of those companies now that we talked about during that period are suffering and having a hard time because they have to raise cash. Uh, not, you know, Rivian obviously also has to raise cash, but, but to your but, point, but Rivian's got the backing yeah. of Amazon. Rivian has showrooms like the one I'm going to go in Brooklyn, yep. which is doing well. Yep. Uh, Rivian has a, a pickup. Pick Basically, they have a full suite. And Lucid has the Saudis, has the PIF potentially. You know, as as per how I screwed up on Boeing, thank you, David, you got Lucid right. You warned people over and over again. So you're two for two. I don't, just for the record here, I don't pick stocks. You no, do. but you did say I want people to be careful. Here is the structure. Yes. You didn't say well, we, sell it. Right. It was related to its its being, a, a, again, a SPAC deal. A successful one, we should point out. No longer, obviously, given it's at half the price it was when it, if you just bought the SPAC at 10. Well, half few SPACs. CCIV, right? CC. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Tramp Kings, Um Guys, uh, uh, shares of Google or Alphabet are up today, but I thought it was worth paying a bit of attention to this settlement where they're paying $700 million uh, to the states, essentially, $630 million to a settlement fund to be distributed to benefit consumers, and another $70 million into a fund used by states. Um, this relates to uh, claims by states that Google operated its app store, Google Play, as an illegal monopoly stifling competition from other app distributors on devices using the Google-owned Android operating system. Not impacting the stock, but you know, Jim, the antitrust case continues to move along, the big one, the yes. DOJ one. And that is, the old as the DOJ journal says, the, new DOJ. the monumental challenge related the to its- The DOJ? Yeah, the search, yeah. the search, the search litigation. Not the advertising No, litigation. not the advertising okay. search specific to uh, whether Apple. or not they are um, paying for exclusivity on, for example, the iPhone. We, we know they pay an enormous amount to Apple right. every year to be the exclusive provider of search on your iPhone. Um, and the focus on that as we move through 2024 is going to, is going to grow because there's a lot of risk here. If they had to open up on the iPhone, for example, all, to all search, and imagine what, you know, and then you had ChatGPT available right. to you and any other new generative AI offerings. Now, Bing, and you just go on from there, it would be a different potential world right. uh, for Alphabet and, uh, and pressure on its business. Okay, so this is a good example of where we took some profits for the club because of this, and also because of the Canner case about whether they were monopolists by having both sides of the advertising business. Right. That's another, that's another a separate, case. That's so a separate said, argument. So we said, let's take something off the table after Google Cloud missed, 
Has it been right? The stock keeps going higher. I mean, you know, Carl, one of these is really, if you look at a stock and it keeps going higher, you can say that you were wrong. Or you could say nobody ever got hurt taking a huge profit. And I'm in that latter camp. Uh, if, if David's right and we everything goes against Google, well, I'm you'll not get saying it. it's going to go against them. No, I'm just saying. no, but I am saying that the cases are not as weak. These oh, are no. not weak cases. This is not FTC no, there are, case. There are people following these cases closely, particularly the search one and what Discovery's found and how much money they're paying to Apple every year. It's not an insignificant sum for Apple either, by the way. No. Have you been thrown by this watch uh, patent dispute? Well, we've been going back and forth with Apple, and we do hope for a work workaround. Uh, it is something that I think that they did not expect because they think they have a very, very good case. Uh, in the interim, you want that for the holidays. So I'm on tender hooks hoping that they come up with something. Yes, I'm concerned. Uh, some argue it could create a rush on the watches that are out Well, there. I mean, I was at the Apple store last week, and all you could see with people buying the the Apple Watch, if the word got out, these should, this week's going to be the biggest sales in history. Now, I do think that they can probably do a workaround, and I'm not sure Massimo has exactly the intellectual property uh, that they think. And also, you deny people to be able to buy watches. They don't have it. But it, was, it took them by surprise. Um, some calls this morning. J.P. Morgan cuts Pepsi, Jim. Oh. We, don't, we don't see anything fundamentally wrong. We see better opportunity with Coke and, and Keurig Dr. Pepper, which don't have the narrative overhang from GLP-1 concerns, likely overblown, but tough to disprove. Well, I know. And you, you get a, I mean, you look at one has Frito-Lay, and Frito-Lay is uh, attacked directly by GLP-1. And, you know, Coca-Cola doesn't have that. Uh, I still thought this was heresy. I mean, this was a very tough downgrade of a very good company. And I don't think that we are ready yet to see the Frito-Lay franchise shaken by GLP. Uh, is there going to come a point where we are Absolutely. going to be concerned about Absolutely. that? Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. So the people getting ahead of it. I mean, it's it's weird given that snacks drove so much operating leverage and you had the uh, multiple bucket story unlike other beverage companies. Now well, it's a liability. Well, remember, people want them. They just don't want as many of them. I mean, the bet you can eat, can't eat just one. I don't know. I might take the bet. That was Lay's, in fact, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it was Lay's. I might take the bet there. Now, look, we did alcohol last night, and we talked about the Browns. We talked about Brown Foreman, which is very—their stuff is very fattening. Now, what would happen if if Jack Daniels tasted like water? Would you then buy Jack Daniels knowing that you could get buzz or a hammer, and you won't get that from water? Well, the answer is, wait a second— Cannabis. Cannabis is what's killing alcohol. Yeah. Uh, D- had a great report last week. That looking, was the piece we Looking used. at states where it's legal and alcohol is underperforming. I'll tell you, the, this dry January, David. What's dry to, January? It's going to turn into a dry February. And dry not, there's no dry January here. Well, what do you like, Dothan and Ten Commandments? They're trying to right here. <laughs> I, I, I just think that the younger people, they've got, mar- wherever marijuana is free, you know, is allowed, then what happens is, is that a huge number of people say, you know what, I'm going to get my buzz from something that's not fattening. 
as opposed to getting my hammering from something that is fattening. It's just kind of a, I don't know. I mean, it's like Diet Coke versus Coke. Diet Coke provides less calories. So why not go with Diet Coke if you like the taste? They start early, man. You walk along the streets, just walk into the subway, oh, and even it's, on this, like every, it's like, are you kidding me? It's definitely a pre-work ritual. Yeah, pre-work. Yeah, it is. People get are, high before work. You might, are you ride the subway? Are you high as a kite by the time you get here? No, they don't be smoking oh, on the subway, but you can smell it on their clothes. Really? Yeah. Well, and then when you walk, you, you know, yeah, there's some people like, they all, yeah, they get high before they Should we buy dry cleaners? Maybe. <laughs> He's always thinking. Yes. He's always thinking. Like Gecko. Mr. Car Wash? What can I do here? Mr. Car Wash for people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, look, GOP1 and weight, uh, cannabis, these are all conspiring. Why did Brown, Brown Foreman miss this number so badly? Why did Diageo miss this number so badly? Brown Foreman says because it was success and too much volume. Diageo says don't worry about it. I, 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 how do you not worry about it? The stocks certainly are telling you to worry about it. The Browns and the Clears are having the worst numbers they've had in years. The gin and vodka, bourbon and whiskey. And I got to tell you, I'm not getting in front of that freight train. No way. Um, Now, quickly, we're going to move on to the newly constituted version of the NASDAQ 100. Six components have been added to that index. They include DoorDash, MongoDB, Splunk. Even though Splunk's being removed. Why are they adding Splunk? when it's just getting bought by Cisco. All right, there's one question we have. Being removed, by the way, is Align Technology, Enphase Energy, JD.com, Lucid, Zoom, and eBay, eBay, which was added to the NDX back in 1999. That was one year after it went public. And see what it's done then. It's market cap based. Um, that's the performance. That's, you know, all right. How much money is index it. that? It's not, not terrible. Uh, not. Wasn't not the, that much. Not that much this. to the Nasdaq 100. But you know, yeah, but take some. Palo Alto. Uh, I'm I'm sorry. Take two got in. I thought that Lindy would get in because Lindy got away from dual listing. Yeah. But then take two snuck in, and Lindy stock went down 17 straight points. Guys, we did. A, I did a documentary on eBay in the early aughts because it was such a powerhouse before right. the ascent of Amazon. Just gives you a sense as to uh, the power that that company had when it came to uh, e-commerce during that period of time. Yeah, to perform down. his song, eBay, please welcome Weird Al Yankovic. A Smurf TV trade I bought on eBay. I was already sold on the concept, but because I came from you know, really the old economy, as it was termed at that time, I said, and exactly how are we making money in this business? And is there a business model here? So I said, I really want to spend, you know, three or four hours with the chief financial officer who had just converted from uh, part-time to full-time. Right, right. And um, after a couple of hours, I said, ooh, this is actually a great business model. And it's uh, still a $22 billion market cap company, guys. You but it does show you things, things do change in, uh, you know, in the dinner, 20 plus years. They had PayPal. That's a great point, Jim. Right. So therefore, and then Carl not- Icahn came along, said split it up, and then John Donahoe said, "No, we're not going to split it up, Carl." And then a year later, they said, "Oh, we are going to split it up, Carl." Well, the, they had a tremendous run. I mean, PayPal was up very big. This is a little surprising, if only just because it's it's not a company that's going away. I mean, there's no. a line. A line's made a major turn here. I'm still curious as to why you put Splunk in there when it's going away. How about because? You're wrong. 
makes that decision? Or is oh. it just based on market cap? Should they have bought pins? Interesting. How about Celsius? Yeah. <laughs> As we go to break, uh, check out bonds today. Two-year, 445, 10-year, just north of 3.9. Uh, we did get starts this morning, pretty good. Uh, Six-month high on housing starts. Bostick at 12.30, Goolsby tonight with the Dow up 121 and a fresh record high on the NDX. It's been a month where we've gotten some high-profile uh, notices of layoffs. Hasbro, Spotify, a couple examples. Now it's Enphase Energy going to lay off roughly 10% of the workforce, affecting about 350 employees. Uh, it's been a split uh, decision as to which direction stocks go in the wake of announcements like that, but you can see this name's had a pretty good month, up 30% plus. Dow's up 136. Almost all sectors are green. Uh, we'll take a break. Be back in a minute. Jim, what's on Matt tonight? You know, the regional banks have had a bit of a move, so I've got the CEO of Huntington Bank shares on. I like that's up three points, which is a great deal from a small basis. And then Oddity, which is an Israeli company that does uh, chemicals. You know, I, I'm, I mean, some cosmetic. I'm trying to interview all the Israeli companies just to see what it's like. I, I just think it's a tough time over there, and let's find out. It's tough time in the Middle East. I'm not, you know, I'm trying to be understanding that it's tough for everyone. Yeah. Uh, Jim, we'll see you tonight. Uh, Mad Money, of course, 6 p.m. Eastern time. Back to 47.55 or so. Dow's up 150. Don't go anywhere. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. All opinions expressed by the Squawk on the Street participants are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, or their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by them on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed on this podcast as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of an opinion. Such opinions are based upon information Squawk on the Street participants consider reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Squawk on the Street disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash Squawk on the Street disclaimer. Are you a software professional looking to make a lasting impact on people and the planet? At General Motors, our vision is a world with zero crashes, zero emissions, and zero congestion. And we need innovative people like you to join us on this journey and challenge the limits of what is possible. From autonomous cars to software-defined vehicles, you'll translate breakthrough technologies like AI into experiences that people love, all while pushing the world forward toward an all-electric future. See how you can shape the future of mobility at careers.gm.com.